Ladies and gentlemen, non-binary persons, George and Wheezy, the audio performance you are about to enjoy discusses casinos and gambling. We do not recommend gambling with money you cannot afford to lose or that is needed to pay bills. If you have a gambling problem, contact your local problem gambling hotline. If you do not know how to contact your local problem gambling hotline, send an email to help at casinocombat.com. We will find that number for you and provide it to you. Our host's past performances are not indicative of anyone's future results, including his own. All materials presented here are based on actual facts. Names and dates may be changed to protect the innocent and the guilty. Some events unrelated to outcomes may be omitted in the interest of brevity and clarity. TRG, the Ramblin' Gambler. I'm a traveling man, and I've made a lot of stops all over this world. And in every part, I own the chips of at least one lovely casino. <laughs> you didn't think I was going to say something else there and get myself in trouble with Mrs. TRG, did you? Did you really? Not going to do it. Wouldn't be prudent. Welcome to episode 109 of our Casino Combat Podcast. Wow, episode 109. If you're new here, if you found this and decided to give us a listen, thank you and let me give you the basics. I make an outrageous and unbelievable claim, one that does cause ridicule and derision to be aimed my way from time to time. I can beat a variety of low house advantage games in a casino consistently. The key word there is consistently. That does not mean every attempt. Over the course of many attempts, say a month's worth, I end up with a profit after expenses almost every month. Once in a while, I don't have a profit after expenses. Those months, the comps and gifts are generally more than what was lost and spent. Kind of a discount on a good time, a vacation, a show, that kind of thing. I make the claim, but the reality is we don't really know. Over the three years of this podcast, detailed records indicate that claim is true and accurate. But I have to acknowledge that I could have been just lucky for almost three years, and I'll lose consistently for the next seven years. I have no DeLorean. I can't predict the future. I'm also not claiming that you can do what I do. Maybe you can. I'd like you to be able to. I'd like you to try if you think you're so inclined. But I can't claim that you can do it. We'll only know when you do it and you do it successfully. But I'm willing to share everything I know, every technique, every method. There is no pitch here. There is no upsell. There is no sell. Why would I need your money? I have plenty of the casino's money. You are welcome. Listen if you would like. Check out the CasinoCombat.com website for additional information and materials. It will be easier to find if you spell combat with a K. If you like what you hear in this episode, I suggest you listen to episode 22 and the high trinity of Casino Combat episodes, episodes 62, 63, and 64. If you want a quick and easy money-making crap strategy, check out episodes 106 and 107. There is also a squad of people ready to help you learn. They hang out in the Casino Combat Squad Facebook group. I encourage you to join them. All right, enough Casino Combat 101. If you've been here before and you came back, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate more than you may ever know. So what's the battle plan for episode 109? Once we finish up here, we are going to share a moment of casino wisdom. I I have a very interesting story to tell you, a fun story to tell you, but it all revolves around using a variety 
of our casino wisdoms. It is an illustration of the application of a variety of casino wisdoms. And, uh, <laughs> well, yeah, and some potential dirty deeds done dirt cheap. After that, I have a moment of concept segment for you, and I know those sometimes get a bit weird, and this segment is a bit too, but I think in a very understandable way. At least I hope so. After that, we head into the virtual VIP lounge to review a couple of weeks of gambling and document the results for the month of February 2023. We will finish up after that with the Casino Combat theme song, The Casino Combat Blues, so stick around for that. Before we jump into everything, Guardian and the Jet have not checked in, but the squad has been busy in the Casino Combat Galaxy. I have a lot of things to share. First up, always the best news. The Excelsior Brigade of Casino Combat has a new member, Maven AP. He joined the Excelsior Brigade by correctly naming the real-world name of my home casino, Casino 2, in less than three attempts. Personally, I am just so happy about this happening. I really am. I met Maven AP in a very interesting way. Map sent me an email... And I'll skip his personal details, but he had someone in his life to be accountable to. And that person isn't available anymore. He asked if he could be accountable to me and email me his results. He didn't want anything else, just someone to share his true results with. Of course, I was honored and humbled to, to, to do that for him. Happy to do that for him. He's been sharing his results. And when he asks for feedback and comments, I'm happy to share my thoughts. Look, I can't claim this will always be possible. As a squad, you could eventually grow to a point that would overwhelm me. That is possible. But if you need someone to be accountable to, I'm here. TRG at CasinoCombat.com. Spell combat with a K. You know that, but I need to repeat it ad nauseum. It's somewhere in my contract somewhere. <laughs> if you need somebody to be accountable to, if you need somebody to share with, if you're struggling to be brutally honest with yourself, send me an email. If you got results and you want feedback, I'll do as much of that as I can. I am really here to help other gamblers be better at gambling because you all help me be better at gambling. The next interesting thing, the young squire, a young entrepreneur building a growing business. He was at a trade event at a resort and casino in Albuquerque, New Mexico. He's a smart young man, and he speaks gambling very, very well. He thinks gambling very, very well because when he was a wrestler, when he was a wrestler in 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th grade, we were road buddies. I was traveling with him everywhere and we were talking and honestly, I was funding a lot of his wrestling with my gambling and he knew that as well. So he's in Albuquerque, New Mexico. He's at a resort and a casino. He's at a trade event. And I often say I don't know everything about gambling. I just want to know everything about gambling. And Young Squire had some things to share about this casino that was different in a couple ways. He's, he's, in, the, he's, he's in the bar talking to uh, a customer of his and they're having, a, they're having a drink and the customer says, oh, let's go do some gambling. Your, your, your dad knows gambling, right? And he says, yeah, yeah, my, my dad's actually a, a, a pretty good gambler. And, uh, and the guy says, well, let's go play some. So, okay. And they grab another drink and they start to walk into the casino from the bar and security stops them and says, no alcohol allowed on the casino floor. <laughs> I'm floored. Are you floored? I'm stunned and amazed. He was stunned and amazed as well. He, he drinks very, very sparingly. Only, only occasionally. Uh, so they finished their drink. They went into play and they got notified as the cards were being shuffled, that this might or might not be the last shoe. They might not even get the entire shoe because the casino closed at 10 p.m. 
Apparently this casino is open, and I may get this part a little wrong, but from like noon or 1 p.m. till 10 p.m. And maybe that's different on the weekends. He wasn't there on a weekend. But he was stunned by all of this. His knowledge of casinos is such, and you know if you've listened way, way, way back in the beginning, he, he and I went to Las Vegas and did a whole bunch of fun stuff, including gambling during the pandemic, or as the pandemic was starting to unwind a little bit. So he knows his way around a casino. And he shared with me when he was back home, because he was like, Dad, can you believe this? <laughs> Have you ever heard of anything like this? And I hadn't. So I appreciate him checking in with the squad to kind of share something that I've never run across before. Which kind of brings me to another thought. I think in hindsight, I think in hindsight, if we look back in early episodes, I kind of projected the idea that uh, that I know a lot more about gambling than I do in reality. And I've never gambled outside North America. As this illustrates, as the young squire experienced, there are casino setups that I've never come across before. VCPD has, has demonstrated stated that as well. I know gambling in Atlantic City, New Orleans. Kansas City, St. Louis, Las Vegas, most of it, and a whole big chunk of the Midwest within two, three, four hours of where I live. And I base my point of view off of that, off of what I know. And I try to acknowledge that, you know, if you're gambling in Singapore, you got stuff to teach me. If you're gambling in Australia, at least in terms of conditions and situations, you got stuff to teach me. I'm learning about gambling on cruise ships, something I've never spent much time paying attention to. And I say learning, I'm finding out about how they treat comps and I'm figuring out uh, what their table limits are to see if maybe that's a, a place that I want to expand. But the point being, if I describe to you what I know, and then like VCPD, you show up and the reality doesn't quite match, and you want to be mad, be mad. I'm sorry, love it, hated it, don't matter. Please share with your family and friends. But <laughs> send me an email and tell me what you know. And not just for my benefit, there are hundreds and hundreds bordering on thousands of people listening to all of this, so help them. If you see something just done line up, let me know, and then I'll put that out into the world so that we all know. And hopefully, other people listening will do that and you will benefit as well. If Without VCPD, I would have rolled into, into his casino where he lives ready to you know, hang out with him and everything else. And then I'd have gone, what the heck is this? What have you got here, VCPD? And that's when the, the next thing that I want to talk about. VCPD's local casino is an interesting puzzle. He has been sharing a lot of details with me, kind of details along the lines of what we discussed in our question segment last week. No bubble craps, not even what I would normally consider a real craps table in the sense that they have one of these hybrid tables. It's a real table, real dice, but the wagers are made and paid on a console. And when somebody, you know, hits big red and their roll is over, they sit back down at their console and someone else walks up to the table and gets the dice and shoots. And I don't know about VCPD's casino, but I know in some other casinos that have this set up, there's not even a dealer. No dealer. There's just... I don't mean this derogatory, right? Dealers are licensed. Dealers have to know math. Dealers have to prove they know math. And on a craft table, there's 160 some, I don't know, same bet would tell you better than I could. There's more than 160 different wagers. And you've got to know how to pay all 160 of those wagers. These automated craft setups like this, where 
all the wagers are made and paid on a screen, there's just the, the equivalent of a slot technician. In fact, I've heard that in some of the Vegas, it's, it's the equivalent of a model, right? They take a pretty face uh, and, and they put someone there and all their job is, is to pass the dice back with the stick after the dice are thrown. Maybe make some friendly banter. Tell the next person up it's their turn if they'd like to take it. That's a much lower cost employee to the house than a dealer and a much, much more lower cost to the house than three dealers and a pit boss all working a regular table. So that's VCPD's only craps option. It's a slower game. He tells me that it's always busy. And you can see, I think, that doing TRG4, win more, keep more on the don't pass line with the throws timed by a computer and with the transition time of one person sitting down and another person walking up and the dice getting passed back and forth, that's going to be a long grind. A grind that I think would get you success, but a long grind. And that means the time roll has to be large enough. Of course, you guessed it. Blackjack tables are minimum 25 and 6 to 5 all the time. The Bach tables are rarely open when VCPD is there. And when they are open, it's $50 a hand. High limit blackjack is 3 to 2, but it's always $100 minimum or more. Unless you have a really big bankroll. Unless you have a really, really big bankroll, this is a tough nut to crack. I'm, I'm not sure exactly... Well, I guess I am sure how I'd approach it. I wouldn't like it. And I would be salty about it. <laughs> It'd be tough to apply my casino wisdoms maybe a little bit. That's a tough one. It's tough to do, to start at tier one of the Meta Martingale with a $100 minimum. That's 1000 Then another 2000 Then another 5000 And you really need that at least three times to even be able to try it. That's, that's a big pile of money to put at risk. And it's hard to believe most of us have that amount of money that we don't need to pay bills or that we can afford to lose. So it'd be tough to do it that way. You could grind it out on the craps table, I think. So the question is, is there a valid approach to using the casino combat arsenal in this environment? Imagine VCPD, VCPD's frustration, right? Again, I don't know everything. I just want to. But if this casino structure is in a way, is, is structured in a way nothing around me is structured. And maybe that changes over time. I don't know. I, Casinos do tend to change. They tend to need to pull players in after a while as they burn out players who think it's fun until it's not. VCPD has a more than adequate bankroll to gamble in a variety. Like VCPD could take his bankroll to Casino 2 and on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday morning, afternoon, probably do a Meta Martingale and, and have a, a, a reasonable chance of success. So it's not that his bankroll is light it's that it's tight for this setup so we went back and forth Bach and 3-2 blackjack not really an option the only craps option requires a very large time roll and that's just as important as bankroll reluctantly the only conclusion and to his credit vcpd waited me for, waited for me to say it first but it sounds like he'd already reached that conclusion and as i use that word conclusion let me mention that oh by the way conclusion is the first word ever that is actually spelled with two k's as part of the podcast but reluctantly the conclusion is give the house their almost 2 dollar 
per hundred house advantage, much bigger than the house advantage at three to two blackjack, but honestly just a little bigger than the advantage on don't pass or pass on craps. Give the house their, their slightly larger advantage, the minimum house advantage wager that VCPD's bankroll will support given the options available is the damn six to five blackjack. And now somehow I've been talked into going that way twice in two episodes, three episodes. I don't remember. I've, I've ended up there twice recently. My other advice to him, given all the other situations, some of which I'm just not sharing, they're none of our business. He's agreed to make it some of my business. Uh, and I appreciate that. But my advice to him was to dial back the positive exit point in the beginning to just four units. Try to get in, get a hundred bucks and get out. One is easy. Infinity is impossible. Four is close to one. And my suggestion was try to win the original bankroll amount. Try to win slowly over multiple visits what his original willing to lose money was. And then take that bankroll and put it away as a backup against future losses. And then on wins going forward, start making those choices with how to distribute the money. Now bring some money into your life. Now pay a bill. Now set some aside for taxes. Now set some aside for buying the coffee. Now put some aside against future expenses. Now do those, buy some stock, buy some crypto, do those other things. But let's get if we can, let's try to get to house money and then use the money we were willing to lose, or in this case, he, we, like I'm a mouse on his shoulder, use the money he was willing to lose as backup to his bankroll. It really stinks that VCPD, after all his patience, ended up with a very difficult play environment. But as I alluded to earlier, I suspect that as more casinos open in his state, my understanding is this is the first casino open in his state. As more casinos open and as there's more competition, I think those things will change slowly over time and, and some of those barriers will go away and, and some better options will come up. All right, let's move on to the next item on the battle plan, a moment of casino wisdom. I'll get to the casino wisdoms, plural, more than one wisdoms, nine, ten wisdoms, had, had to deal with nine, ten wisdoms to make this all happen. That's okay. I'm a karate man. <laughs> You're kind of old if you get that reference. Uh, we've got multiple wisdoms in play here today, folks. We've got more than one. And this is mostly a story in which a w set of wisdoms has been applied, and which when we can see the application of additional wisdoms in the future. And I've got a new idea here. Uh, let's, let's say a disguise technique has come into my mind. Not a physical disguise, but a results disguise has come into my mind a little bit, which means we are going to have another Heroes and Crooks dilemma, I suspect, but we will lay that out and let you make choices as you will for yourself. And since this is really a story in which wisdoms are applied, we have to have the story about the story to get to the story to get to the wisdom. Here's how this sets up. Despite careful planning, I found myself in high limit at the third tier of the Meta Martingale on a Friday afternoon evening, and and my time, my time roll's running a little short. I thought I planned it right. 
history suggests. I had plenty of time when I walked in. Yeah, maybe I got in a conversation with Gabriel a little bit. I'm just, my timelines, my, my time rolls feel in short. Not that Mrs. TRG would have minded, but we had plans and I didn't want to change the plans. And I really wasn't feeling pressured in the moment. But when I finish up with a nice win and I'm, and I'm ready to head out, I got lots of chips, right? I got three tiers of buy-ins plus the win. So I've got the good chips. I got orange $1,000 chips. I got purple $500 chip. I got a bunch of black $100 chips. I got a bunch of chips. And the cage is very busy, and I'm in a hurry. And as I see the line at the cage, I'm thinking, well, I'll be back on Monday. What do I care? Money's money. Chips are chips. It's not like I'm in... It's not somewhere far away from my home and, I, and I'm leaving and I don't know when I'll be back and I'm going to carry all this money. It's like, I'll just bring it back on Monday. Who cares? It'll be my starting money. I'm not short cash to enjoy the weekend. This is fine. So Monday, I go in and I'm just using those chips as my buy-ins as I go. I ended up at tier two, so I didn't dig into all the chips. I got my day's pay. And as I get my day's pay, because there's a basketball game that's going to be starting shortly, there's a whole basketball crowd forming a huge line at the cage again. And again, I just looked at it and went, oh, I'll be back tomorrow. I got more chips than I left with the last time. I'll just keep the chips. So now even more chips walk out with me and even more chips walk back in. And <sighs> as a dreamer of dream and tra- dreams and a traveling man, I have chalked up many a mile, read dozens of books about heroes and crooks. And learned much from both of their styles. That's uh, that's just true. Uh, that's that's just true. There is as much to be, much to be learned from the good guys as the bad guys in many ways. And some of the bad guy things to be avoided. And as always, decide for yourself. But the thought that comes into my head on this Tuesday, as I've got chips that I won on Friday and changed into other chips, and then those chips got changed into other chips of bigger colors, and then those chips got broken down on a Tuesday, and then reassembled. The thought that occurs to me is how do they keep track of all this? And if you're not familiar, okay, you're in a casino. You end up winning bigger chips, particularly in my casino. If you get to the point where you're winning the orange chips or the gray chips, when you go to the cage, they ask you where you got the chips. They ask you for your player's card. Walk up to the cage with a few black chips and a green chip. No one's asking any questions. Walk up to the cage with one purple chip. No one's asking any questions in the sense of no one's asking for your ID. No one's asking for your player's card. Walk up with an orange chip or a bunch of orange chips or gray chips. Player's card. Where were you playing? Phone call gets made. Hi, this is the cashier's cage. I have so-and-so here. He's got three orange chips. Oh, he won them with you? Okay, great. Thank you. Then you get your money. This is also how they have some way to do your profit and loss statement. Um... You know, ECE showed me a, na- a neat trick uh, the one time we were in Atlantic City, it, uh, and I've really appreciated it. I've really come to, to, to use it or use it a little more. It's a great idea. It's an idea I've used in the past, but he just executes it so seamlessly in such a small way. If he's buying in, he doesn't buy in for 10 units, he buys in for 12, and then he pockets 10. Already, the house's number is going to be wrong in his favor. Now, if you're saying, TRG, that's over the line, that's wrong, you should give them as accurate a number as possible. 
so that they can report to the government as accurately as possible your winnings so that they know exactly how much you should pay taxes on. If that's your take, I'm not going to argue with you. Do you, boo? Not a problem with it. I get it. But there is benefit to be had from having the house have the wrong numbers for you. It is, there is benefit to be had from manipulating reality such that they think you have won less than you've won or lost less than you've lost. And I got to think that not cashing the chips right after you won them, the larger chips, right? And then playing out of your pocket for a couple days, I got to think that makes a confusing mess. And as I'm having that thought on Monday and Tuesday, I don't really know what's going to happen to me on Tuesday, So on Tuesday, I went in the casino and I knew I wanted to get my cash out of my chips, get back to base, start over. Partway through the day, I needed a new player's card because I'd lost one somewhere and had no idea where. Got a nice easy win. Didn't even need to get to tier two. Just bubble craps win, tier tier one win. We're all good here. But I turned in black chips to do the buy-in and I got back. I think a purple chip, not quite sure, but I got back more chips, right? So these chips are kind of a three day of my time, five days of the casino's time, muddle of chips from all kinds of sessions. And so easy win, not much line at the cage. I hand over my chips and get asked, where were you playing? And now I've got to just throw myself on the mercy of the court, right? I said, I, I didn't get them all in one place. I got some of them, some of the orange, the orange, the one was Friday afternoon. Then the one was yesterday. And then I don't know, the purple's got, and she's like, okay, okay, okay. So she asked me for my player's card and she swipes it and she says, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm sorry. The computer says that, that I can't cash these. And I said, because I got them at different times. And she said, no, 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 it's, it's, um, it's, it's saying that your account is merged. And so I can't count cash your chips because your account is merged. And this is where the casino wisdoms start to come in, right? This is actually the story that has the meaning. The rest was just the story to get to the story and an underhanded observation along the way. So this is where the casino wisdom comes in. Casino wisdoms take knowledge or information about how casinos work and how players commonly behave in casinos and it takes that knowledge or information and it couples it with an action to be taken in some certain situations and this situation is an excellent example that the reason these wisdoms exist initially is for me to teach myself and then eventually for me to communicate ideas to you in a way that I hope will cause you to go oh yeah I remember because that's the way it happens for me In this moment of this person telling me they can't cash what is a good amount of money. I mean, you can buy cars for the amount, cheap cars, but you can buy cars for the amount of money I had in chips. Not being able to cash them can be a little scary and frustrating, even if you do this a lot and you know the people involved. Casino wisdom number six teaches us what? It teaches us when there is a problem, and this is clearly a problem, remain calm and look for a casino solution. Casino wisdom number 30 teaches us, I told you, more than one wisdom, had to be a karate man. Casino wisdom number 30 teaches us, if you are a regular in a casino, and I certainly am, the casino employees are not your employees, they are your co-workers. Treat them accordingly and act like you work with them, right? So we got both of these here. This person who's who's telling me that she can't give me my money would be 
reasonable if she thought I might go off on her and yell and scream. A lot of that going on these days. Every reason to be nice to her. Every reason to treat her like an imp a fellow employee whose rules that our bosses gave us are creating a problem for us to solve, right? That's where we both need to be in our mindset. And it's on me to do that because she can't do that. She can just be professional. I can be professional or not back to her. And obviously, these wisdoms are just instantly in my brain. I'm instantly in that be nice co-worker professional mode. This cashier changes my chips to cash a couple of times a week. I need her on my side. It would be easy to be angry. My, fault, my default is often to be angry when there's a problem cashing thousands of dollars of chips. I was calm. I was reasonable. I was professional. I said, okay, what do I need to do to cash these? And she's feeling bad and she's apologizing like crazy. And I'm saying it's no big deal. It's not a big deal at all. Just tell me what the next step in the process is. Just tell me what I should do next. And so her manager comes over, finishes the transaction, and comes over and says, go to the Players Club and get a new card so this can be solved. And I say, okay, what's, what's the script? What should I say when I get over there? And she says, tell them I need a new card. Okay, I didn't really appreciate her sarcasm, but she's a co-worker. She's allowed to react that way. I suspected that would not be enough information to make things go forward. Seems like they'd need some information, but apply the wisdoms and move forward. So I go to the desk, I use the script provided, I provide my picture ID, and they hand me my new card, and it says, here's your card, he says, here's your card, Mr. Hernandez. Card says Juan Hernandez, and my player's card number is on it. And for the record, my name is not Juan Her Her Hernandez, as evidenced by the fact that I pronounce it poorly. And I pointed out that the name on the card isn't the name on my ID, and that the number on the card isn't the same as the player's card in my hand. And I'm a bit freaked out, mentally, internally. I did lose a card earlier. Did someone find that card and merge my account? Was there someone who made the hero crook choice and decided being a crook was going to be pretty easy? Did they take my high-level card, merge it with their account? Did they take my tax-free imaginary money? Did they change my PIN? Did they play my money through the slot machine and take cash? That's all going on in my head. And all of a sudden, this guy over my left shoulder is yelling and screaming, and someone needs to help him, and he has places to go. And he was in line before I got here, and he just went to the bathroom, and he needs to be helped. He was told he had to come back because the person that was here to solve his problem wasn't here, and he needs his P&L fixed, and he needs it fixed right now. His P&L is wrong. He wants it fixed, and he's yelling and yelling. And the other person at the desk is saying, Sir, just a minute. He's helping someone else. He's the one that will have to change your P&L. I don't have the security to change it. Just calm down. And he won't calm down. He's yelling and screaming and yelling and screaming and demanding attention. He finally is standing right beside me, yelling at the guy that's trying to help me sort out my merged card problem. And I said, just go ahead. Just go ahead. Solve his situation. I know mine's complex. I've got time. And, and rightly, the, the, my co-worker says, no, that's fine. We're working on this. We'll get to the end of it. It's, it's fine. And I said, you know, this is urgent for him. This is not urgent for me. Let's just go ahead and get him taken care of and get him on his way. So they do. They correct the P&L the way their man wants it corrected, which means they're reporting something that doesn't match their records at his request. And once the angry man leaves, everyone laughs at him and clowns on him. And I hear the rest of the story. He was having his PL, 
PL, profit and loss, his, his win loss statement for the month, he was or for the year, he was having it revised up. He was having his he was having them credit him with more money won than they thought he won. It seems he had just hit a big jackpot right at the end of the year and was convinced the house's numbers were wrong on the low side. And of course, everyone clowned on him as soon as he walked away. And they were like, well, he gets to brag to his friends about his big profit for the year. And now he has to pay more in taxes because we just officially recorded that he won more than we thought we did. So he just yelled and screamed his, himself and made a scene so he could pay more taxes, which is actually very amusing, the, the level of stupidity and the, the idea that you need to brag to your friends about this. Uh, bragging is one of the symbols, uh, bragging about wins is one of the symbols that you have a gambling problem, by the way. Long story, just a bit shorter. Eventually, a manager was called, buttons were pressed, time was spent, and the manager informs me that he is going to have to go to the computer in the back, override things, untangle the accounts. All my points are fine. My pin is fine. He's not quite sure how it happened, but he's just going to need a few minutes to, to sort this out. And I say, oh, okay, well, how long do you need? And he just looks scared. He looks terrified. And I'm like, it's no big deal. If it's just a minute, I'll stick around. If it's going to be like 30 or 40 minutes, take your time. I'm just going to go to the men's room and go have a beer at the bar with my friends. The bar's right around the corner, by the way, not a long walk. I'm like, I'm just going to go have a beer at the bar with my friends while you sort this out, and then you can just come find me at the bar. And now he looks relieved. Uh, I think in hindsight, we're seeing that in my part of the country, in my part of the world at, at least, there's a lot of frontline customer service workers that are just used to getting yelled at and abused. And I think that's what he, it, my interpretation, one person's point of view only, he just seemed relieved when I say, yeah, if you need an hour, take an hour, right? Not a big deal. He says, hey, I need about five minutes. Go ahead, make your stop, and then I'll meet you at the cage. That's what we did. He showed up promptly, took me right to the front of the line, handed her my new card. I got my money. I got my new card back. I pitched my old card. I checked on the way out. My balances were fine. My pin was fine. No harm, no foul. No big deal. I remained calm. I looked for a casino solution. I treated the people behind the desk with casino badges like coworkers, and everything worked out fine. And my coworkers were grateful that I had made things easy for them. This is an excellent example, as I said, of why we have casino wisdoms. If you've listened to a few episodes, you know I, I can get pushed, whether it's an employee, a fellow employee, or a fellow guest, I, I can get pushed and I can go off on people. The Casino Wisdoms put me on the right path to resolve things. And in some small ways, I also accomplished, told you, lots of Casino Wisdoms, I also accomplished some of Casino Wisdoms number 86 and, under, and 87. I may have created allies, and I didn't create any adversaries. This is what casino wisdoms are supposed to do. They're supposed to remind us in certain situations to do certain things. And I'm so glad that I articulated all of these to all of you because they helped me directly in dealing with this particular situation. Okay, our next segment is a moment of concepts, but hopefully a straightforward one. You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension not only of sight and sound, but of mind. Thing means nothing. What? A journey into a wondrous land whose boundaries are that of imagination. So, uh, <laughs> a moment of concepts. 
a moment of concepts, a relatively new addition to our uh, menu of, of, of uh, podcasting for you, uh, a new kind of segment to do. In these segments, I try to look at, at big ideas that are bigger than just the core concepts. They're, they're bigger than technique, strategies, math. I, I do. I try to get in your head a little bit. I try to make you think. I try to blow your mind. I try to make you stop and go, hmm, with stuff like this. I'm trying to think about things in the bigger picture, show you things in a larger framework, not tie into one very narrow idea. And what I want to talk about today in this moment of concepts revolves around uh, Inner Circle member, East Coast Emissary, Fourth to the Rings, flowchart or decision tree or, or whatever you prefer to call it. And think about what we have there in those very unique pieces of paper, which, by the way, CasinoCombat.com slash Fred. We, we built Fred into the website, oh, probably almost a year ago now. We built Fred into the website. We try to keep expanding Fred as a way to distribute things out to you. You can download the strategy charts for TRG2 and TRG4. TRG2, always be grinding, and the slight modification, TRG4, win more, keep more. You can download the, load those from the website, and you can work right through them, and you can see what I would do in each situation. What we've done there is ECE took my words and my thoughts and transcribed them into a diagram. And it's the kind of diagram that I was taught in college to make to tell computer programmers how to write code to make computers do certain work. And it would be possible for someone to take that diagram and make an application. That's what we call them now. We used to call them programs. Sometimes called them scripts. But they could make an application that would tell you the next wager to make or whether to stay or whether to leave or whether to, they would tell you what to do next if you just put the results into the program. The program would say, are you making your first wager? Yes, I am. What happened? I, I lost or I won. Okay, do this. Okay, it would tell you what wagers to make. It would tell you to leave. It would tell you all of those things. It would be very possible to take that diagram and make that computer code. It's very, very possible. You could make an AI that would play the way I play in each and every situation. That would be very, listen to me, never made an AI in my life. And here I sit telling you, oh, it would be very easy to make an AI. But what I know about AIs suggests if you fed them my scripts and you fed them these charts, they'd go, oh. And then you just ask them, I want to play blackjack. And they'd say, how much are you betting? And they'd just take you from there and walk you right through the process as if I was sitting right there telling you what to do. It would be very doable. But it's not really real-world practical. And I want to make this very, very clear. If you're thinking, hey, I know how to code. I know how to make apps. I could just make this app for my phone. Be aware. In most places, there are laws against using a device to win. And not, not the simple laws, right? Because, like, not letting you play blackjack when you use your brain to count the cards... That's kind of like breaking a rule or a policy. And the punishment for that is they ask you to leave. In fact, they don't probably ask you to leave. They just tell you you can't play blackjack anymore, right? But there are laws that say if you use a device to win money, you can go to jail. You can be punished by a judge. Now, the origin of those laws is that people used to put all kinds of um, 
hooks and wands with lights and this and that to try to set off slot machines to pay out without putting any money in. There was a dude way, way, way back that had made a set of custom shoes and a little box that he taped to the small of his back and the wires ran down his pants and into his shoes and connected to switches and his big toe on each shoe, one foot would add a number and one shoe would subtract a number and the box on his back would keep track of the real count in blackjack and then bounce, vibrate, whatever you want to call it, against his back to tell him the count. That dude got caught. That dude went to jail. Real jail. Not like casino jail. Like real jail for real years. So there are some real reasons why in the real physical world of the casino that having an app that will tell you what bet to make next based on what I've said to you could run into some problems. You might get away with it at Bubble Craps. You know, Bubble Craps, you're just sitting there by yourself. You might get away with it at Electronic Blackjack. You're just sitting there by yourself messing with your phone. And if you're just doing that for giggles and grins, okay. For me, I, I, I can't risk them telling me that I need to speak to the magistrate because I was using a device and I won. That's just not a problem I need in my life. This could also be, very honestly, this could be very useful for online play, right? Now there's no one looking over your shoulder, right? Now you can do whatever you want to do. So if you wanted to make an app that would do this, the wagering for you, according to my wagering systems, that would be very possible and you could use it in an online way. If you think you could code it now that I gave you the idea, please let me know. Please share. If you want to fund having it done, let me know. Maybe we can be partners. I'm not completely against. I think AI could be dangerous. As an IT professional, I think AI could be dangerous. That doesn't mean I think we should stop all development of AI. Uh, I think developing an app that tells you what wager to make next, an app where you say I'm playing TRG4 or TRG2, and it tells you what to do next, I think that could be very useful. That would be a very interesting thing to have. So if you have some skills or you think you'd like to fund someone that has some skills, get in touch. I'd like to be involved in that, I think, in a little bit, or in a little small way. Now, that's all a bit too practical and a bit too grounded for a moment of concept segment. It really is. Here's the part that belongs here, I think. When I play, I'm just running the computer program from the chart in my brain. The first place that this program ever existed was in my brain. It didn't exist anywhere else. I invented it. I created it. I created it as rules for myself. I created it as behaviors. And then I just repeat and repeat and repeat. But I created that program, if you will. I wrote that program in my head. And I was uh, fearful for a long time that I just didn't have the words to try to explain the program. I just didn't have a way to do that, I didn't think. I was afraid I wasn't up to the challenge. I didn't have the right skills. So finally, in episode 62, I... I, I, I took a I took a shot. I tried to explain it. I've made some videos. I've tried to explain it. I've used it to, to, to evolve and explain TRG4, win more, keep more. And what happened? ECE said he was going to make a chart when, when we were having dinner. I sent him the script, so at least he had it, had it in written form, as good or bad as that script was. And so now we have a chart. And 
a chart that you could use and a chart that you can use if you want to learn these wagering systems. And as I said, when I play, I'm just running the computer program from the chart in my brain. Almost like, from your point of view, it's almost like using the chart as a game board, right? You have the chart, you get the little metal car out of Monopoly set, you start in the first spot, and then you play the hand, and then what happens tells you where to move the car. And then you do what the car says where it moves, and then you move accordingly. It's not like, it's not that different from playing Game of Life. I should have said one of the little cars from Game of Life, I guess, but we're not letting you have kids play in this game, or because of this game, at least. The idea being, you could move a game piece around the chart as a game board as outcomes occurred, right? You can learn TRG4 that way. You can learn TRG2, always be grinding that way. In fact, if you want to test those two systems outside the casino, Without a casino game even being involved in any way, print out ECE's chart, go to Monopoly or Life, get a car or the dog from Monopoly, but not the shoe. I'm making a hard and fast rule. No using the shoe from Monopoly for this exercise. But print out ECE's chart, get some quarters and some dimes to use as $25 and $10 chips, and get a penny or a half dollar to flip. Pick heads or tails, one or the other, not both. Never change. That is always your bet. Pick heads, always heads. Pick tails, always tails. Take one off your play stack, make your bet, flip the coin, you'll have an outcome. Move the car on the board, move the chips in the stacks. It's not a perfect ma mathematical model, right? It's not a perfect mathematical model. It doesn't perfectly build in the house advantage that exists in blackjack. That's not, that part's not there. But this is all pretty damn close. If you want to test, if you want to learn, if you want to teach yourself and you want to learn just the wagering system, you don't want to learn the craps wager yet, or you already know it, or you don't want to learn the blackjack basic strategy yet, you always know it, just test with coin flips. Just do coin flips. Just move things on the board. You can easily learn and test that way. Now hold up, TRG. If you're thinking that, I don't blame you. If you're saying, hold up, TRG, you're telling us this now? Now? Episode 109? Shouldn't this have been like episode 70? Yes, yes, it should have been. It should have been. Oh, it should have been episode 70. But this is reality podcasting. It is. I just thought of this last week. Apologies for not being smarter sooner. It, it would be nice if I was, but I wasn't. That's the big idea here. In a perfect fictional world, you would meet me somewhere. Maybe pay me a few bucks. I'd put my fingers on your temples and I'd say, my mind to your mind, my thoughts to your thoughts. And I would copy that program, the script that I run in my brain to your brain, just the way I would copy a program from one computer to another computer. And you'd be able to do it and you wouldn't have to learn it from the chart and you wouldn't have to understand the chart. We could just do that that way, but it's not a fictional world. I'm not a Vulcan, so that won't work. So we have to use the primitive tools that we have to transfer that program that I wrote in my brain, we have to use the spoken word. We have to use videos. Same Bet did a great one for TRG4 on his YouTube channel called Same Bet. I've done a video for each of the wagering systems in the TRG wagering systems playlist on the Casino Combat YouTube channel. We have ECE's flowcharts. We have this idea of just playing them in like a game board to learn how things work. 
But what all of that is doing is trying to help you program your brain to run the same program the same way that I run it in my brain. And the next part, the next really cool part, is once you have that program in your brain, once you don't need the flowchart anymore, then like any other computer program, you can make modifications. You can make personal changes to match your play style and the outcomes that you want to reach. That's the big idea. How do we move the program for TRG2 and TRG4 into your brain that you can modify it? And one of the best tools for that is what ECE gave us, those charts that you can play like a game board without even worrying about the casino part. Just put the program into your brain so that it's internal to you, so that you can literally just do the equivalent of mouse click run app so that you can do that and run that program as at will switch between programs at will have all those capabilities at your fingertips. And then as you, as we've seen, you can apply them to a variety of casino wagers. Okay. I did some gambling recently. Join me for a drink in the virtual VIP lounge. And I will share some of that information with you as well as the results for the week or the two weeks of February, the last two weeks of the year 2023. A little bit of the bubbly. Welcome to the most must listen to segment in casino lifestyle podcasting, the Casino Combat Virtual VIP Lounge. That's not even a humble brag. Feedspot.com told us this is the most must listen to casino lifestyle podcast for the year 2023. As always, we have the best virtual everything virtually all the time. We have the artisanal orange soda crisis from the last episode solved. I got a Facebook message. Well, Billy with the great last name actually got a Facebook message informing us that the virtual pizza is always cold. This is a crisis. This is something that has to be taken care of. <laughs> Thanks for playing along. Um, T-Rex has installed warming lights over the virtual pizza station, and we are trying to solve the whole thing, bypass the whole problem entirely, and just have a virtual robot make the virtual pizzas to order. We're efforting that. We will see if we can get the virtual robot up and running. <laughs> anyway, if you can, press pause. Pour yourself something. Make yourself a plate. VIP lounges in casinos are a great place to meet friends, old friends, new friends, and, and swap stories and share stories and talk about casinos. Uh, I'm having uh, my go-to today, Crown Royal Apple with just one ice cube. And what we're going to do here, we've done this quite a bit lately at the end of each month. We are going to pull out just a few interesting items from two weeks of gambling. And uh, then we are going to do the results for the month of February 2023. So the first observation I want to make is about the reward system at my local casino. At the first of the year, they reduced, they went from having to earn X points to, re, to reach Y tier, to reach a certain tier, you need to reach certain points. And you had to do that twice a year. And they made it annual. And it used to be that $1 spun in a slot machine got you three points. And now $1 spun in a slot machine gets you one point. And that's fine because they re reduced the number of points you needed to earn, likewise, by two-thirds. You now need one-third as many points over the course of a year to reach a certain tier. And you, if you have a bad six months and a good six months, you're the same better tier the entire time. Doesn't matter to any of you. You're probably not gambling in 
those casinos. I mean, Starving Artist is, but you're probably not gambling in those casinos, most of you. Here's the interesting observation that I wanted to pull out of this. All of a sudden, in some of the, you're over 55, pick, pick a star and we'll give you something free, it now includes rewards credits, the tax-free imaginary free money. Sometimes now, the appreciation gift for a certain tier will be a lot of reward credits. Like my appreciation at the at the horse track was like $100 in free tax-free imaginary money. I mean, that's enough to go have a, a really nice steak dinner. I mean, almost a steak dinner for two if you, if you skimp on the sides a little bit. Share the sides, that's it. Not skimp, share, share the sides. We'll get two great steaks and one great side. And that hit me as weird at first, but I think I know what's going on. And I think what's going on is that because the slot players are getting so much less free tax-free imaginary money that they can't do the things with that money that they used to do. They're finding themselves unable to comp themselves a buffet or unable to buy themselves a meal or whatever. So they're seeing their uh, resources go down because they're now only getting one tax-free imaginary dollar when they used to be getting three. So now we're getting more of those given back to us in other ways and for other reasons. Again, why does that matter to you? Because I'm applying it to my benefit. You see, I can turn those free tax-free imaginary dollars into free slot play. And I normally try to keep, because the slot play conversion is horrible, but I normally try to keep my free tax-free imaginary money at no more than two days pay. That's almost too much. I keep it there because that's enough to go into the swag shop and buy everybody in my group uh, shirts before a sporting event or buy Mrs. TRG a bag or earrings if she sees something she likes. And it's plenty of money to be able to buy whatever food we want or this or that. If we ever wanted to go to a really nice comped dinner, we could just use that imaginary money to turn it into comps and, and go to a really nice dinner at one of the restaurants downtown. They have relationships built that way. So when they give me these big chunks of free tax-free imaginary money now since the first of the year, I'm just immediately converting whatever that dollar amount is into free slot play and pushing it through the process and turning it into real cash. And so I wanted to make that observation because you might see that happen to you. And then too, that's also going to be reflected over the next few months as a higher level of free slot play potentially because we have a new source of free slot play coming into the process. So I, I did want to bring that to your attention. I did do some traveling. I, uh, I took a trip from my customer. You know, I love this setup. I really, really do. And if you are not aware, the setup is this. I've got a customer that's about one hour toward my home casino. And so I build my day so that I get out of the house early, go do four or five hours for my client, and now I'm really not quite halfway to my home casino, Casino 2, which from my home is two hours east and south. And so I headed in, and, and, and I did this with purpose because with more choices and more options and a busier life because we can do things besides just be locked in our house... Casino 2 isn't getting the love it used to get. It's not getting the once or twice a month it used to get. And therefore, they're not being as generous with the comps as they used to be. And we may hear more about that eventually at some point. But I wanted to get over there. I wanted to show them some love. I wanted to get some action in over there. It is a casino I absolutely love. And 
the reality was that as I was leaving, I realized I had enough imaginary tax-free imaginary money that while I had agreed to pay full price, I ultimately just comped myself the room. I comped myself dinner. I had some free bets. I had some free slot play. And it was a very slow night in the casino. Uh, not not a whole lot of tables open for blackjack, and that was fine because there were even less blackjack players than there were tables open. And I realized that while the table limits were pushed down low, I was basically getting a table to myself, and the rules are actually better at that, I think it was a $15 table, the rules are actually better at that $15 table than the rules in the high limit room at my local casino. So I would just get up, stretch, record my results, maybe go to the bathroom and come back and play at the next tier if it was needed. And I didn't even have to change tables. I didn't have to color up chips. I didn't have to do anything. I'd do the whole thing, the whole Meta Martingale all at the same table. And so that's what I would do. If a, if a tier one Meta Martingale got me to a positive exit, then I'd leave the table. Maybe go play some slots, played a little bubble craps, uh, went to the bathroom, took a break. All those little things I tell you about, ate, ate a meal at the one break, I'd come back. Different table, different dealer. If I had to go all the way to tier three, I'd go all the way to tier three. And when I got to a positive or negative, although I never had any negative, but when I got to a positive or negative exit, I would take it and then revert back to the correct tier after a break and start again. I did three, four passes. Still was in bed early. I should have started with this. Uh, over this two weeks that we're talking about here that I'm pulling out the important part, I, I won a lot of money. <laughs> I'm going to tell you how much in a minute, but I won a lot of money. Uh, I won a lot of money at my home casino, Casino 2, and I love being there. In fact, they've recently renovated everything, remodeled everything. Everything's fresh and new and clean and painted. Has that new casino hotel smell. Really great to get back there. A couple of the dealers recognized me and remarked that they hadn't seen me in a while. It was good to see me again. So it was good to get back there. Hopefully uh, showed them enough action that maybe in March they'll, they'll start to comp some rooms again. I'm sure as we make treks over to Atlantic City and we go east some this summer that we'll get to stop by and visit with them more often. And then the other trip that I took, and I'm, boy, I'm just so casually doing this without a script that I'm doing this backwards. By the way, before I get to that trip, I, I gambled at my local casino every day that I, every day Monday through Friday that I wasn't gambling somewhere else. I, I gambled at my local casino. I got the free gift cards. I got the, the, the mixer, the blender, the candlestick maker, <laughs> whatever. I got all the free stuff. As I said, I won a lot of money over these, these two weeks, but I did gamble every day. Like it was a job did make money every day, like a job. In addition to the trip to my home casino, casino two for an evening. And then likewise, I took a trip to the MGM property. I love this trip. Some of you may find it exhausting. I just love this trip. And so it goes like this. Thursday's the day Mrs. TRG calls her mom after work and really doesn't have any time for me till well into the evening, almost bedtime. So I head out early. I grab some breakfast. I drive a little over an hour and a half, between an hour and a half and two hours straight west. There is a My Choice property there with uh, a wonderful casino. I always have some free stuff there. So I stopped in, got my free slot play, played my free bet, won just a little bit of money. Back to this idea that one is easy and infinity is impossible. I just told myself as long as I got anywhere near half a day's pay, I was just going to move on. This was just stop in, use, use my free stuff, win a little bit of their money, and then head north about another hour 
So we're an hour and a half to two hours west. We're about an hour north. Check into a wonderful comp room at MGM. And that's that's the thing, right? I have worked and worked and worked, sometimes at some relatively high costs for rooms, to get to the point where this MGM property would let Mrs. TRG and I just pop over on a Friday or a Saturday and and have a comped room. It's it's part of an important reward system to us. It is the closest major reward system with a hotel to us. And I guess if I consider MGM and Caesars to be the two big national brand. Uh, Sands Corporation's a big brand internationally. It's a great brand on the Strip. They've got a couple other properties across North America, but not anything that in any way works for me in any way, shape, or form. My choice is a great brand and a great national brand. It's just my choice sold their only property on the Las Vegas Strip and doesn't have a property in Atlantic City. So MGM is a, a big, significant piece of my gambling portfolio. I want to keep things right, and I love having a big, beautiful, wonderful resort hotel with all the possible amenities you can want that's affiliated with one of those brands, and I've put a lot of time and effort in, took a lot of their money, honestly, but put a lot of time and effort in to get to the point where they would comp me Friday and Saturday nights. They have big name shows there in terms of musical groups and comedians. I, I wanted to get this going, and I have, and now I'm not going to let it drop. I'm going to try, do my best, not to let it drop back, which means heading over there once in a while. And I did take a bunch of their money again, but that wasn't the fun thing I wanted to pull out. It's a lot of, I played this table I won, I played this table I won, I played this slot machine I lost a little bit. It's not super interesting by current standards, but there was one very, very interesting situation that I want to walk through it with you. And one of I, I had to apply in a crookly fashion. <laughs> Is that a word? I ended up taking the crook route because I didn't see a good way not to. And, and, and that is by applying one of our casino wisdoms. So here's this, here's the setup. This is the lowest, uh, minimum table in the casino. And there are a lot of people who, well, look, if we had this table at my home casino, casino two, if we had this table at, um, casino one, these would kind of be toward the high roller end of things. But in this casino, this is the bottom end of things. These are the people with the least resources and they are heavily betting the pair square. You might remember my good friend, pair square, Doug from the Mirage in Las Vegas. These people were big into the pair square. They had all kinds of theories about when to bet the pair square, how to bet the pair square. And uh, the pair square was going to have to save them because their blackjack play was, was not going to save them. They were not, particularly skilled players. I don't play the pair square. I don't see any reason to play the square. I mean, once in a while, yeah, pair square Doug would tell me, oh, it's going to happen. And I'd throw five bucks out just to kind of have fun with my buddy pair square Doug, but uh, not something I would normally play, not a bet I would normally make. And I never made it. I never even paid any attention to it. And we've been playing for, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes and I'm doing okay. And uh, all of a sudden, everybody's cheering everybody's happy. They look at that. Look at that. Somebody had got a perfect pair, which is two cards, same color, same suit. And it pays some ridiculous amount of money. I think they made $600 on, uh, on the payout of that bet. So I'm just sitting there kind of minding my own business, not even realizing at first why everybody's excited. And then I figure out, and then the guy to my right goes, Oh, he had it too. 
I look down. I do. I hadn't processed it that way. I have a pair of fives. I have a 10. The dealer has a seven. I'm going to double. That's what my brain is thinking. That's what the program in my brain is saying. Basic strategy, pair of fives, never split fives. It's 10 against a seven. That's a double. And, and I'm just waiting for it to be my turn. But the guy beside me is like making a big deal. He had it too. He had it too. We had two on the same table. Look at this. And before I can even realize what's going on, the dealer says, floor, I'm so sorry, sir. I'm so sorry. She puts $10 in the pair square bet. I'm so sorry. I, it just, it was, it was just how I haven't even figured out what's going on yet. I, I'm telling you in hindsight, but in the moment, I don't know what's going on. And the floor comes over and she goes, we had a perfect pair here. And I just, I took his bet and I shouldn't have. And he goes, well, go ahead and pay him. Well, the casino wisdom is let them do their job. If they make a mistake and it hurts you, point it out nicely and let them do their job and correct it. Okay, simple. Doesn't apply here. I honestly would have been very tempted to say I didn't bet it because that's the truth. But then I'm going to make her look bad to her. This is what's just stream of consciousness. I'm just taking it into my head and, and all this is going on, right? I'm thinking, let her do her job. And then and I'm thinking it's going to be 10 bucks, right? I, I don't know this game. I don't pay attention to it. And she hands me $50 and the $10. I got 60 bucks for free. But at the same time, she's just told her boss that I had a bet there and that she made a mistake. And he said, it's no big deal. Go ahead and pay the man. And he's apologized to me and she's apologized to me. And then at that moment, I figure out what's going on. Then it all clicks in my brain. I just tried to tip it back over the course of the evening. Um, it was a crook move, although it's not one I initiated. It was a it was a crook move. It uh, was money I didn't earn or win. And uh, I, I did try to tip it all back in addition to what I would normally tip back or tip over the course of the evening. I, I, it caught me completely by surprise because I just... I'm really good at blackjack. I'm really horrible at side bets because I don't pay any attention to the side bets. People are always annoyed because I'm winning stuff on the side bets that I'm not betting. And I think I've told you that story. If I haven't, I should. So those were kind of the, the three big takeouts or takeaways for me in, in all of this. The, uh, the home casino visit, the fact that reward credits are now becoming free slot play, and the fact that Casino Wisdom said, let them do their job. And by the time I figured out how to let them do their job, I had been handed $60 that I shouldn't have been handled. The next thing that I want to do, the thing that we always do, if you've, uh, if you've been with me regularly, you've, you've heard this a zillion times, I want to review the results for the month of February 2023. In real life... I find that I, at least, and people that I know that share with me, we only share our results with people we really know and trust, right? We don't share our results with everybody. Somebody you pass on the way in that you know a little bit, hey, how'd you do? Oh, I did fine. Or I'll say to them, hey, how'd you do? And they go, oh, yeah, I left you a little bit. You can have some of my, right? We're not really sharing real results. We're maybe sharing kind of a sense of how we did, but we're not sharing dollars and cents. I share real results with Mrs. TRG. I share real results with Gabriel. I was with my whole family. Not a lot of other folks other than all of you that I share my real results with. And I do that to be accountable to someone or something. I do that because why would you trust me if you didn't have at least some sense of if this works or didn't work or how often it works? And I do this because one of the core concepts of casino combat 
is don't gamble for the table or even the day, gamble for the month. So I take all of that. I look at all of that. I bring it all to you. I try to bring it all to you in, in a way that makes sense and in a way that you can say, what would this mean to me? And the way that I do that is I have the amount of money that I consider a day's pay. Way, way, way back in the dim recesses of time, this was the amount of money that I wanted to make if I went to the casino because I hadn't earned enough knowing things about computers. And we've just brought that forward into the podcast. So I divide all my results, all the comps, all the everything by that number. And so all you have to do to, to know what this would mean to you in your life is take however much you earn a day. If you earn $50 a day, multiply my numbers by 50. If you earn $50,000 a day, multiply my number by 50,000. Whatever your number is that you earn a day, and that will tell you, right? In its simplest form, if I tell you I got to the end of the month and after expenses, I had an extra five days pay, that's like working five doubles during the month unless you get time and a half. It's just like working five doubles. It's, it's, it's exactly that. If I tell you 10 days, it's like I worked 10 doubles. If I tell you 20 days, it's as if I worked 20 doubles. It's as if I was uh, a registered nurse and every day I came in, I worked eight hours and then I worked another eight hours and I went home and went to sleep. That's exactly what that would be like. So you have a basis, you have a way of understanding what exactly my results would mean to you if you had this revenue into your life as well. And I post all of this, we do it verbally, but I also post all of this as a blog post in that same format on the website so that when this publishes, that will also publish and you'll be able to go look through the numbers. You'll be able to go see all of the things that I'm getting ready to talk about with you and, and make your, your own conclusions or reach your own conclusions about all of this. So here we go. What have we got? And I am literally just taking that spreadsheet and, and walking right through it with you here. This is uh, unscripted, uh, unrehearsed, unpracticed, and only lightly edited. In total, table games, $37.78 on the $1 a day scale from tables. I played 148 blackjack tables. 65 of them were winning tables. Eight of 83 of them were losing tables for a total of $37.57 from playing tables, and that's blackjack tables. So you can see two things here, in my opinion. First, we are seeing that um, almost all my money comes from blackjack at this point in terms of the tables. Very little of it comes from craps, and that's fine. And we're also seeing here, once again, this is an ugly pattern. This is a very ugly pattern. It's 83 losing tables and 65 winning tables. So how do we have such a large blackjack profit from only 65 winning tables? We have that because of the Meta Martingale. If these were all just tier one tables, if this was if this was the way I was doing things in the first year of the podcast, when I had not been able to afford to fund the Meta Martingale, this would not be good. This would be bad, right? Probably. I mean, I could go back and try to run the numbers, but this this would be completely different. There was also not that many tables back then, right? Because back in the beginning, I wasn't getting multiple tables a day. It was kind of one and done, 
Unless I was traveling, I wasn't getting multiple tries. I wasn't getting, now I'm getting multiple tables in a day. I'm able to carry this through. If you were only doing this one table a day, how long is it going to take you to play 148 tables, one a day? It's going to take you a while, right? My experiences are very condensed. I have a lot of repetition. I have a lot of results. And I am demonstrating, we may find out in 10 years I was wrong, but I am demonstrating that at least for right now, the Meta Martingale fixes losing tier one and tier two tables and creates nice profits on a monthly basis. I played no craps tables. None. Didn't play any craps tables, which shows you how my game has evolved because I played 19 bubble craps tables. So I played plenty of uh, craps. I just played it on the bubble craps machine for efficiency. I played 19, 10 winners, nine losers, not a surprise here because I am not meta-martingaling the bubble craps. Equine Ensign and I, E-squared and I, have had quite a few conversations about actually how we would meta-martingale the bubble craps because the way I have my, st- my, way I have my positive and negative exits set up, meta-martingale is going to have to be modified to be applied to bubble craps the way I'm playing bubble craps. I'm setting... One is easy, infinity is impossible. I'm setting a very uh, low bubble craps at positive exit point and trying to extend from there rather than using the bigger, you know, I'm using a, a, a five unit win as my positive exit versus an eight, 10 or 12 unit positive exit point. So that's a little bit different, but here's the neat part. I'm using a very small unit size compared to craps. Uh, I'm not I'm not using nearly as big a unit or compared to blackjack. My my bubble craps unit size is small because I do still consider this an experiment. I do consider this data collection. I'm happy with the results, but I, I I don't feel like I have enough results yet to really move up to a bigger unit size, or I've not decided to. So I'm really happy to tell you that even with the smaller unit size, bubble craps contributed one dollar and thirty three cents to our revenue from gambling this month. That is not a small number. That is almost TRG's, uh, Mrs. TRG's car payment. That is almost Mrs. TRG's car payment from bubble craps. From bubble craps a total of 19 times. Think about that. Think about if you had this opportunity available to you, and I now know from a variety of feedback that many of you don't, and I, I really wish you did. Think about if you just went almost five days a week, 19 days, 20 days. Uh, it's February, folks, so that actually may have been all the Monday through Fridays. But think about if you had gone Monday through Friday and played bubble craps and got to the end and you had had 10 winning visits and nine losing visits and you could make your car payment, okay, I, I, casino combat for the win, right? Isn't that casino combat for the win? I stop by every day. Uh, it's got to be close, right? You can't drive three hours to do this. But I, I stop by every day before work, after work, on my lunch hour. I use the modified version, the crafts modified version of TRG4, win more, keep more. I go about 50-50 in my results, and I get to the end, and the money that's extra from what I started with is my car payment? I, Obviously, this is unscripted because I'm just impressing myself now in telling you about the bubble crafts outcomes. 
it's turning out to be a nice little piece of revenue. It's turning out to be a reliable piece of revenue without a lot of variance. And that's that's a nice flat level thing. So let's take a look at the slot play. Slot play with our own money. That's slot play with TRG slot strategy El Numero Dos. Not so good. Rounding up $1.42. I see the full numbers on the website, but rounding up minus $1.42 lost. Money lost playing with cash. But hold on. We got free slot play in the amount of $2.32 rounded up. And with that, we won $2.41. Now, if we take $2.41 and we subtract, rounding up, $1.42, eh, minus the rounding, the reality is we won a day's pay in total on slots. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. We got more than a day's pay on bubble craps. We got a day's pay on our total slot strategy. And then full disclosure, I never intended when I outlined this podcast and outlined the first five whole episodes, why was I ambitious? When I did the first five episodes, I never expected to talk about slots. No reasonable thinking smart person plays slots to win money. I just had this idea that had been ticking around in the back of my head that I've been messing with for a couple years. And then as I'm doing the podcast, it's putting money in our pockets, putting money in our pockets, and I'm not talking about it. So the numbers aren't quite perfectly reflective and I'm feeling bad. And so I went ahead and wrote the ebook, Casino Combat Slot Tactics, and uh, which you can go to the website, uh, go to casinocombat.com. You know the spelling. Uh, go to the Fred section. You can download the ebook, Casino Combat Slot Tactics, and it lays out both TRG Slot Strategy Number One, which is used to play free slot play, and TRG Slot Strategy El Numero Dos, which is used to play with your own money. And what we're seeing over time, what we're seeing over the longer period of time of the podcast, is that what really is happening is that we we lose money playing with cash more often than we win. And Mrs. TRG has a lot of fun doing it. And then the free slot play that we get back often gives us a profit anyway. And a lot of that free slot play, minus the new free tax-free imaginary money I started getting, but a lot of that free slot play is them saying, oh, well, you played this much over the last two, three months. Here's some money to get you come back and play again, right? So we're seeing that in total, the slot component of our gambling portfolio more often makes us money than it loses us money. It is kind of a perpetual motion machine. It does kind of circle around itself and and reinforce itself. And if you stop doing the play with cash, you're going to have a lot more fake money to play with. You should track this. You should keep track of this and you should know your results for yourself. Uh, but you can see mine on the website. So what do we end up here? Gambling profit and loss, $38.90. Almost 39 days pay in profit from gambling. Our expenses were 94 cents, less than one day's pay. Our profit and loss after expenses for the month, $37. And if we round up once again, 96 cents. $37.96 profit or loss after expenses. That's, going back to what I said earlier, that's almost like working doubles every day. And, and we had a lot of fun doing it. You know, I, my do, I did work some doubles, right? I worked some doubles. I went to my real IT job and then I went to my other job in a really nice comped hotel room and ate a comped meal and did my second shift. 
or I did my second shift by by going over to the MGM property. Those are those are not. I, I'm not uh, digging ditches. I'm I'm not dealing with bodily fluids. I'm not out in the cold pulling rebar off a trailer. These are not hard doubles to do. Let's walk through the rest of it. Comps. We had six dollars and forty five cents in comps. Our match bets were. 51, I call it 52 cents with rounding. Our free bets, 93 cents. So take free bets, match bets, and free slot play. That's a whole lot of free money to gamble with that I I told you would happen if you did things this way. Gifts, a total of $1.38 in gifts. Very, very nice. Very nice month. I did something that honestly... If you'd have asked me when I started this podcast, if you'd have said to me, was this possible? I'd have told you no. I would have told you no. It is not possible to have a cash profit after expenses for one entire year. Not possible. No way it's going to happen. Going to have some months where you just got to make it up with the comps, right? He's got to have you got to have a little a little bit there comps and gifts right $6.45 $1.38 78 uh so call it 8 call it you know right so you could have lost 6 days pay in cash and still had a ca- casino combat win because the comps and gifts more than exceeded i would have told you for sure that was going to happen a bunch of times i credit part of that to the mar- meta martingale Maybe it's just random coincidence going my way, but it's official, everybody. I've won money for the last 12 months. In fact, the reality is when I look at the numbers, it goes back further than that. I just <laughs> didn't realize. Uh, being honest, I sometimes don't pay as close to my as close of attention to my historical numbers back more than a year, perhaps as I should. But uh, it we're if it happens, we're due. If it happens, and I'm you know knock wood. I don't want it to happen. I don't want it to ever happen again. That's probably unrealistic. If it happens, we're just going to go, oh, well. You know, if you lose, if you win money, cash money, 12 months in a row, and admittedly December wasn't very much, but if you win cash money 12 months in a row and you have a cash after expenses loss, even one that's bigger than your comps, I submit to you, who cares? And we'll see. We may have it in April. We we may get we may get got in April, because in April our expenses are going to go way up, way 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 up. I got plane tickets, I got show tickets, I got all kinds of stuff. We're going to Las Vegas, so April we may get got. You may recall that two years ago in April we got got because I took my wife to the Grand Canyon. So we we may have one coming in April, but if we do, it's not like it it isn't. Uh, it's it's okay. Let's take a look at the final number. Take it all. Money won, money lost, money spent. Free stuff given to us. Free money to gamble with given to us. Roll it all together. Add the positives. Take out the negatives. We have $49.74 in value into our lives because we are good at the game of casino gambling. Or at least we were good this month. Right? That's not bad. That's a number that, uh, that, that, I, can, uh, that I can be very happy with. I hope I've shown it to you accurately. As I said, it'll be on the website. Please tip your waitresses, tip your bartenders, tip your dealers. If you have a host, tip your host, but don't tip away your wins. I have spoken. Everything you heard here is true from a certain point of view. In 10 years, we may find out I was wrong about all of this. It's time for leaving, and I hope you understand I was born a rambling man. 
Love it, hate it. It don't matter. Please share with your family and friends. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for listening. Thank you for giving me the gift of your time today. We fight.